Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of the Big Ten Show presented by Jacobson Seed Company. He's the almost famous Adam Carricker. I'm the much less famous Jeff Turn. We much welcome less. you in on far less. <laughs> Hey, let me let me complete my intro, man. <laughs> Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Sports Illustrated, and Bally's. We appreciate you hanging out with us as we get ready for another football season. Man, we are almost there, Adam. Adam, down the stretch we go. Uh, football season's right around the corner, buddy. Dude, I'm pumped. It's my favorite time of the year. I love every season of the year for different reasons. I love to go skiing in the season in the winter. Love to take my kids skiing. In the spring, you just got the springtime coming. It's exciting. You're getting ready for summer. Then you got the freaking summer. Uh, the kids are home all day, which, you know, there's pluses and minuses to that. First day of school back today. Love you, miss you, see you, see you at 3 p.m. today. All right, but when it comes to the fall, it's football season. It's my favorite time. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Dude, I'm going to tell you, you hit some notes that I could never hit, man. That's much better. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll auto-tune it, man. You'll sound like, you know. You sound like Billy Joel before you know it. Uh, usually we save some of the conversations uh, that are random to the end of the show. But today I'm going to start with this. I'm wearing the Justin Jefferson gritty shirt. Uh, first of all, do, 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 do. Um, so, great. yeah, I do. Uh, have you ever accomplished the gritty in one to ten? What would your gritty look like if we were like had Simon Cowell and the American Idol crew rating you? Now, have I ever accomplished or have I ever done it? Because those are two separate things, separate questions. Have I ever done it? Yes. Have I ever accomplished it? Mm, I don't know about that. Uh, let's see. Um, AGT, America's Got Talent. I'd probably be getting probably two red X's and then two yeses. So it'd be a 50-50 split, you know, on a scale does of that one mean they, it's about Does that five. mean they drop you into a dungeon or do you get to go on? I've never watched that show. No, you got to get three yeses out of four. So I don't think I'd go through. What about you? Okay. Uh, I've, I've done it a few times. I just try not to blow out my knee. We know, soccer practice and, and the kids and all of that. My son Beckham loves him. Some Justin Jefferson kind of waning on being a Vikings fan at this point. He's a smart eight year old, but um, you know, he loves him. Some Justin Jefferson say, so, did you uh, throw the bones? Now, listen, I'm gonna tell you this. If I ever hit a home run or got a sack or scored a touchdown, they would have to take a 10-minute TV timeout because that's how long I would be celebrating. Listen, if I hit a home run in Major League Baseball, I'd go streaking around the bases. Uh, I I would be bat-flipping things. I I would be – if I scored a touchdown, I'd be dancing at the 50-yard line as they're trying to kick off, okay? Like, there is no doubt I would over-celebrate. What was it like for you as someone that actually made it into the league? So you're not the act-like-you've-been-here-before guy? That's not you? Apparently, not a chance. Not a Act chance. like you've never been there before. That's that's you. Okay. So yes. my first sack ever at Nebraska. All right. Uh, I got up and I I celebrated like like what? Like, like what were you doing? Do you remember? Well, so the first thing I did was I like crawled on the ground like I was army crawling. Okay, for some reason I don't know it just happened and I did that for five yards and then I jumped up and I was like hooping and hollering and then it was you know we got him off the field on third down so I sprinted off the field. I get to the sideline and dude I am huffing and I am puffing. And I'm like, I've got to make celebrations much, much simpler if I'm going to hopefully get more of those and I'm going to be able to go back in and play, play after play after play. So throwing the bones was something that was, you know, iconic at Nebraska, also very uh, energy conserving. So it was perfect, perfect for me. That's good, man. Um, I can tell you, though, if I got a sack, dude, I'd be doing like the the Allen, like, you know, roping the, the calf. Dude, I and love like that a, celebration. That was I'd awesome. be doing the. 
the grave digger from back in the day. <laughs> Neil Smith, I believe, was doing that. Yep, like, dude, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing all those, man. Whatever it was, that big dude with the Packers, that whatever he was doing, I'm doing all yep. of that uh, back in the day. All right, so today we're going to split this up a little bit. We're going to get to a couple of uh, expectation conversations, specifically Adams former uh, squad there, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And I got a team that I've changed my mind on uh, over the last few months from when the season ended to now, and we'll get to those in a minute. But our good friends at On3, On3.com, shout out to them. They do an amazing job covering college football. Came out with a list, and um, Je- uh, Jesse Simonton is the one that came out with this yesterday, actually. Top 10 players in the Big Ten in 2023. Um, I'm not even going to read the rest of the headline because it will give away who's number one. But let's go through these, Adam, 10 through 1, throw in some other names as we go. You know, I think, um, you know, J.J. McCarthy is one that I think, according to Harbaugh, who played the position great at college and in the NFL and has had, you know, a plethora of quarterbacks at Michigan, he believes he has taken another step. He was so comfortable a year ago and it's going to have just a, a huge year. Uh, Drew Aller's another one that comes to mind. Um, I think, you know, there's probably about, five or six others that you could go, yeah, they they could be number 10 um, just off the top of your head. But we're going to go off of on three's list. We're going to tell you what they mean to the team, what they maybe individually are playing for, and then we'll sprinkle in some other names as well. But Adam, at number 10, defensive back Will Johnson at Michigan. And the first thing I thought of was, like, if they play another offense like TCU, whether that's the Big Ten or the college football playoff, this dude's going to have to step his game up to another level because they got lit up against the Horned Frogs. And then the Horned Frogs turn around and get lit up against Georgia. So you're like, damn, what would, what would Michigan have done against that Georgia offense? But this dude is spectacular. Uh, as a freshman, lived up to that five-star prospect hype. And he's just physically, I think, getting better too. But the first thing I thought of is, bro, you got to play some good defense, man, if you're going to be able to slow down some of those great wide receivers that you'll play throughout the season in the Big Ten. So – it's it's interesting because you will text me topics and I will text you topics, but we never talk about what we think about them. Like, I never know what you're going to say. You never know what I'm going to say. And we do that on purpose. So a couple of things. Number one, if you can read my notes, I once got a C in handwriting. Can you see that name right there? Can you see that next to my finger? JJ McCarthy. <laughs> yeah. As a guy who could potentially be on this list, you've already brought him up. And when you brought up defensive back Will Johnson from Michigan, phenomenal stud, young player, bright future, future NFL draft pick, probably a high pick. My first thought was, where the heck was he in the TCU game? Now there's other guys on the field. It wasn't all on him. But you watch that TCU game where they threw for about 4,500 yards in the first quarter. It's like, holy crap. So this guy has to play well. His defensive back may have to play well if they're going to beat Ohio State again because Ohio State has got a couple of pretty good receivers we're going to talk about here in a minute. And then a couple of years ago, Michigan got got trounced by Georgia in the Orange Bowl in the college football playoff, okay? Couldn't really stop Georgia's offense until Georgia just decided to put in backups because they were up so big. And a year ago, even though it was a great game, they couldn't stop TCU's offense. They've got to get better in the back end if Michigan wants to win the Big Ten again and actually beat somebody in the college football playoff. And this guy, Mr. Will Johnson, who is a stud, it starts with him. He's at number 10. At number 9, specifically the team Adam and I have talked about a lot here on the Big Ten Show over the last few months as a team that we believe not named Michigan, not named Ohio State, that could potentially win the the, the conference and do something in the college football playoff, that being Penn State. And Abdul Carter at linebacker wearing number 11, that historic number for the Nittany Lions, is going to have to be a key cog in all of that defensively, slowing down some of those bruisers 
that you have to deal with from the running back position throughout the, the conference and the guy that's going to have to cover, as we all know, screens and slip outs from tight ends have become really essential for a lot of offenses to, to exploit some of the defensive schemes that are out there. And Abdul Carter is a flat-out stud, man. Listen to these numbers. Ten and a half tackles for loss. He is 6'3", 250 pounds, finishing with 56 stops, six and a half sacks, three forced fumbles, and four PBUs a year ago. He can do it all. Big-time player for Penn State at number nine. Yeah, it's interesting because you talk about PBUs. You talk about sacks. You talk about tackles. That That's versatility right there. And when you talk about six and a half sacks and you just watch him on film and you watch the, the number that he's wearing, he kind of reminds me of a guy who's doing okay right now, you know, with the Dallas Cowboys, Micah Parsons, a former Penn State alumni Pretty himself. Good. So I'm not saying that's who he is just yet. I'm saying that's who he makes me think of, and he's got a lot of potential. So this is a guy to absolutely keep your eye on. Now, it's interesting because there's more Penn State guys on this list, but two guys who I thought could have been on this list, but I understand why they aren't. They aren't because they're young. They don't have the cachet just yet, and they're going to be splitting reps at the running back position for Penn State, okay? And that's Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen. Those are two guys that by the end of this year could absolutely be potentially on this list. Super talented young players that showed a lot of people, a lot of America, what they could do last year versus Utah in the Rose Bowl as well. He's former defensive uh, lineman Adam Carricker of the NFL fame. I am a guy that played a little defensive line myself back in junior football. I am Jeff Turn, hanging out on the Big Ten Show. Uh, as you guys can find us, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Sports Illustrated, and on Bally's. Okay, uh, Braylon Allen is at number eight on this list, the Wisconsin running back. And just kind of like, you know, from a team perspective, the first thing I thought of is we keep hearing that Luke Fickle's going to have this different offense at Wisconsin. So a guy that that toted the rock 400 plus times and got 2,500 yards over the last two years, how much production is he going to have this year with this different offense, right? Phil Longo comes in, things are going to be operating at a different level. Is he going to have those kind of carries? Is he going to have that kind of production to land here at the end of the year? My answer would be no, but he's still going to put up some really good numbers, I think, for Wisconsin. And I think because of what he did, lands him on this list more so than maybe what he will do from a pure statistical standpoint this season. Yeah, you're wrong. Uh, he's going to be one of the top 10 players at the end of the year in the Big Ten. And Luke Fickle's a great coach. He's not just going to walk in and be like, hey, let's let's do the five wide receivers, Steve Spurrier, fun and gun, and forget about this guy who's been a stud for two years and toted the rock over 400 times. Okay, this is a young guy, about 21 years old. He's not beat up yet. He's got fresh legs. I think they're going to be at least somewhat smart about this and run the ball first while they trickle in that new offense that they're trying to incorporate because they'd have to be moronic morons to say, hey, that guy's great. Let's not use him and let's just throw the ball. So I think he's going to be on this list. And you did point it out, okay? We did chat about this particular thing before the show, so thank you for stealing my line. But he's going to have the cachet from previous years that will give him the benefit of the doubt that those Nittany Lion running backs that I mentioned earlier do not have. So I still think he'll be a top 10 guy at the end of the year. If not, when we, when we get to the next team, it's Iowa. The player is Cooper DeJean because normally with Iowa, we're talking about top 10 players on the offensive line, defensive line, tight ends. We're not typically talking about a defensive bat. But this dude, and according to on3.com, is a Swiss Army knife. But more importantly, he's compared to Kool-Aid McKinstry at Alabama. By the way, I want to be called Blue Kool-Aid Adam. He's a Husker guy. He can be called Red Kool-Aid. Uh, he, can, he, can, he can return the, the, the ball from – you know, getting punts, doing big time things there, but he's going to have to get a couple of pick sixes 
couple of interceptions, put Iowa's offense in, in you know, an opportune situation. Because, listen, baby Ferentz's job's on the line this year if they don't score enough points at Iowa. So whether it's him or whoever, that defense, I know they don't want to have to rely on the defense and special teams. If you're an Iowa fan, you just want the offense to be better. And by the way, I think you could probably, Adam, throw into the mix if Iowa's going to be really good this year. The transfer at quarterback, Cade McNamara, is a guy that, that could potentially be a top 10 player if the offense takes another step. If it doesn't, it'll be the same old thing at quarterback for Iowa. But Cooper DeJean is a guy that can flat out ball. So a couple of things. Number one, I love the baby Ferentz is catching on. So thank you for that. All right. This is crazy. Look at my list. Top name. Can you read it? No Cade McNamara. No Cade McNamara. Like, dude, are you are you cheating off me from like halfway across the country or something? This is crazy. We we think alike. I guess you know, somewhat great minds somewhat think alike. No, uh, so I don't think Caden McNamara is the answer to their woes on offense at Iowa, and it doesn't help that they don't exactly have dynamic playmakers all over the field around him, particularly at the wide receiver spot. But that's a topic for another day. When you talk about this individual that we're talking about on defense here, okay, Cooper, Cooper Juwan, is, he's a stud, man. Yeah, he's a stud. He is a Swiss Army knife. Here's what's going to have to happen. They're going to have to average about seven points on defense per game. He's going to have to have like some pick sixes, like you said. He averages almost 17 yards per punt return. He's going to have to take a couple to the house for Iowa to average 25 points a game. Their defense and special teams are going to have to give them about 10 to 14. So baby Ferentz's job may be in, actually in the hands of not Cade McNamara, but maybe Cooper Jajon. All right, let's get to another defensive back. Cornerback Kalen King at Penn State. We already talked earlier about what you're going to see at the linebacker position from a top 10 player with Joey Porter Jr. gone, star cornerback a year ago, off to the NFL, now with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You think about King coming in, the nation's best corner in single coverage, according to PFF a year ago, 93.3 grade, 18.3 passer rating allowed. Dude, shut down corner if you've ever seen one. He was, according to On3.com, Jr. led all Power 5 defensive backs with 21 passes defended, adding three picks to the mix as well. What do you like about him? Basically everything you just mentioned. And if Michigan wants to beat Ohio State, they're going to rely on their defensive backs to cover a couple of Ohio State stud receivers. Penn State's going to be relying on this individual as well. Like literally it's going to come down to who can cover Ohio State stud receivers. And uh, I know fourth quarter, Michigan physical smash mouth, hitch in the, in the face with the run. I know that's part of it too. Okay, but when you've got a young quarterback at Ohio State, you're trying to figure out the offensive line, those two wide receivers are going to be heavily relied on. And so if you as a defense, you can use a guy like Kalen King to limit them. I don't know about shut them down, but limit them. It's going to really hurt Ohio State's offense until they find their footing. I think this dude could potentially be a top 10 pick, man. Like, I think he's yeah, that I agree. good. And, yep. and, you know, they, they fall in love with him, man. Because right now the NFL is a game of wide receivers. It's not a game of running backs. And if you can find a guy to slow one of those down, maybe not shut them down, but slow them down, they're invaluable at the next level. At number five and in the top ten, we have two wide receivers from the Ohio State. Emeka Egbuka is at number five. Sort of gets forgot about with Njigba and, and with Marvin Harrison Jr. by some. But the six-foot-one, 200-pound junior ranks only behind his teammate, which we're going to get to in a little bit, in regards to receptions, yards, and touchdowns. And the thing about a new quarterback, which Ohio State is trotting out there, in 2023 the easiest thing to do if you're a wide receiver is to tell them throw it up and i'll go catch it this dude's a home run hitter he can do that for ohio state i think the thing that's going to help both of these ohio state wide receivers is the fact that they have each other 
on defense, if you have one great pass rusher, that's awesome, but there's things you can do to try to negate that guy. You can chip, you can keep a tight end in, you can slide the protection that way, but if you have two great pass rushers, it's more than twice as effective. Same thing with wide receivers, okay? Now you can't roll coverages, you can't double somebody because the other guy's just as dynamic, if not really, really close, and you're, you're going to leave yourself susceptible. So the best thing they have is each other, and as you pointed out, that's the best thing that their quarterback at Ohio State could have going into this season. All right, man, let's get to number four. Jerzan Newton, pardon me to his family if I butchered that. Uh, we practiced. But, we practiced, I promise. Hopefully we did okay, it all right. Okay, so, so listen. Um, the anchor of the Fighting Illini's law firm defense. <laughs> it's on three's first sentence, man. I like it. The like law it. firm, all right? You know, he may be one of the most underrated players, not only in the Big Ten, but the entire country, okay? Listen to this stat. 59 pressures, most among all Power 5 defensive linemen, edge or interior, and finished the season with over 60 tackles, 14 tackles for loss, and over five sacks. Like, he can get off from the, the outside, the inside. You can move him around. And when he hits you, you know about it, dude. Number four is coming, and you better account for him or it's going to be a long day at the office or at the law firm. The pressures is insane. When you think about basically 60 quarterback pressures last year. I mean, like how insane is that, man? You're a defensive lineman. How, how insane is that? That is insane. I, so I, I've had D-line coaches. Everybody talks about sacks, but there's like so many ways you can affect the quarterback. You can bat the balls down. You can knock them down. You can knock them down. You can knock them down. Like three knockdowns is about as good as a sack. Pressures, pressures. That means you're hitting them while he's throwing the ball, not just immediately after which you can't even touch them after anymore because that's a freaking penalty. But that's a topic for another day, flag football. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. The guy is a part of a defense that for a large part of last season was number one in the country. They're far more athletic than people realize over there, okay? And they're physical, All right, Brett Bielema has, has done some things way faster at Illinois than I thought he would, and this young man is a huge part of it. All right, man, let's go to Michigan next and Blake Corum and listen. Okay, we all know that at the next level, the running back is devalued. And at college football, it isn't. Before the ACL injury last year, which was unfortunate we get to see him at the end of the season, he was the best He was the best in college football. This dude is, is a player that we could find at the Heisman Ceremony in New York at the end of the year, and he may be hoisting up that trophy. That's how good he is. But coming back from an ACL is tough. I did love what Harbaugh said at Big Ten Media Days that he feels like he is better and stronger than he was a year ago. And that has to be scary for the rest of the Big Ten. So he's obviously a phenomenal player. Like you said, probably the best running back in the country last year before he tore his ACL. Here's what I know. Coming back from an injury is more than just physical. Okay, Mental been, stuff, huh? Yeah. Yeah, like Adrian Peterson, when he came back from his ACL years ago, and it's funny. When he shared this story, I'm like, yeah, I can relate. He'd be pushing his shopping cart around the corner of a grocery store, and he'd like plan extra hard on that knee just to test it out. And those are things that I can relate to. There's just this mental part and this mental acclimation once you've been cleared. And just because you've been cleared doesn't mean it actually feels good. Okay? The way it feels directly affects how you think. And even once you get to the point where it feels good, have you been hit? Have you been battered? Have you been tackled? Have you towed to the rock 20, 30, 35, 40 times the way he might in Michigan's offense, depending on the game? Have you done that yet to test it out? You can't do it until you've done it. So I'm rooting for him to be clear. 
okay? And he may be hosting the Heisman at the end of the year. It would be a great story. But that mental part of the game can't be underestimated. And the one thing, too, his numbers may not be as big as they were last year because Donovan Edwards is going to get the rock some, too. I mean, last year almost 1,500 yards, um, 18 touchdowns for Corum. But Donovan Edwards stepped in at the end of the year. Uh, you know, he's going to be a guy that they can rely on, too, so that they don't have to put so much wear and tear on that knee early in the season, especially get some – of the teams that that are inferior to Michigan, but listen, man, when 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 Corum's on the field, you want to be watching because he is absolutely special. All right, at number two, again, we practiced Alumie Fashano Jr. Um, this dude is again top ten pick, um, probably going to go no later than ten. I know uh, originally top twenty five. That's where you sort of had him on a lot of the mock boards, but when you're talking about offensive tackles. They're like quarterbacks in the draft. They just keep moving up the boards as you get closer to draft day. Uh, missed the final five games of last year. This is what I was in high school, 6'5", 320 pounds. Uh, I just fell short of my potential. Allocated <laughs> the exact same, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, but Drew Aller, we've talked about Drew Aller having a big year. If Penn State wants to win big. And I think protecting his blind side is going to be huge for that. Uh, only allowed – he allowed – guess what? Zero sacks in eight starts in 2022. This dude's a beast, man. Yeah, we've talked about uh, ways you can protect the quarterback by chipping and, and sliding protections against those really good outside pass rushers. The other thing you can do is just have a really good offensive tackle, and then you can instead put those guys out in route so you can do other things and give your quarterback more options to get him the ball. Okay, so the reason that offensive tackles keep going up and up is what I just talked about, what you just talked about. And if Penn State, and I do, I think that they can play with and beat Ohio State. I know we're joining Ohio here with the show soon. Sorry, folks. Uh, but you're going to get as much objectivity as we can give you here and hopefully a little bit of knowledge somewhere in there as well. But if they're going to play with and potentially beat the Buckeyes, they're going to have to cover receivers. They're going to have to protect their quarterback because those are two things Ohio State does pretty good is big plays through the air and generally, as a rule, get after the quarterback. I'm thinking back to Chase Young and guys like that. All right, finally here we're going to get to the number one spot, and we're going to give you about 30 seconds on some expectation stuff. But Dante Cephas, watch out for him at Penn State. He was another guy on my list, transferring from West Virginia. think he'll have a big year. But at number one, nobody other than Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, dude, you know you are special when, like, you are playing and you're not even eligible, and they're like, yeah, dude, we'll take you at number one or number two or whatever in the NFL draft. And you come from a lineage where you have a Hall of Famer as a pop-up. All right, this dude is the best. At the position, maybe the best player in college football. And in fact, if I had to pick one dude to win the Heisman going into the year, I'll take him. Even over that dude that that was pretty good last year at USC that won it. Um, I'll take Marvin Harrison Jr. Love him, dude. What else can you say about him? I do think Caleb Williams is the best player in America. But when you average six, you're wrong, Marvin players. Harrison Jr. When Shout out to my six, new friends at CBUS, baby. What up, Ohio? When you average, Buck Kisser, when you average sixteen point four <laughs> yards per reception, you not only have speed, you're not only physical, but you're a great route runner. The thing that's setting him apart is most guys have strengths and weaknesses in their game. Let me shock you with that. He doesn't really have a weakness because he's really well-rounded, and yeah. that's what's going to separate him. All right, man. Jacobson Seed Company bringing you the Big Ten Show. JacobsonSeed.com, your healthy hybrid advantage, so you can get those seeds popping into big fields. 50 more per bushel, baby. What up? That's our people at Jacobson Seed. Listen, you can watch more college football when you don't have to spend more time in the fields. All right, real quick, Adam, 30 seconds. 
Expectations for Nebraska. How much have they changed from when the season ended a year ago? Uh, I don't know what to make of it. You know, I think fans would be happy if Nebraska went. I know fans would be happy if Nebraska went to a bowl game. I do think with a little easier schedule, the expectations are actually around seven to five, eight and four. But we'd all be thrilled with just six and six and going to a bowl game. All right, man. I got a lock of the year for you. The Minnesota Golden Gophers have a seven and a half win number in Vegas. Over, over, over. No less than nine, maybe ten. PJ's keeping everything real tight. I was just up in the Twin Cities, and uh, everybody up there doesn't know what the heck it's going to look like. I can tell you, it's going to look good, man. PJ's going to have a real big year. Minnesota's going to win the games they need to, and they'll get to at least nine wins. My expectations changed because I thought they'd only be at six or seven when the season ended a year ago. He's the almost famous Adam Carricker. I'm the much less famous Jeff Turn. The Big Ten Show brought to you by Jacobson Seed Company. Until next time, y'all, another page has turned here on the show. We'll see you then.